Glory be to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today is Mother's Day. Today, we remember with gratefulness mothers and mother figures who have graced our lives, women who have taught us and nurtured hope in us, women whose voice still guide us whatever age we may be. I'd like to share a story of a mother I know well, and that is my wife, Simi. I remember as, an, as ex- expectant parents awaiting the, child, the birth of our first child, Alex, who, by the way, will be graduating this May, college. Yeah. Well, I remember that Simi used to sing to Alex when he was still in the womb. And in case my other sons are watching online, which I hope they are, she did the same for Philip and Daniel as well. At the time, we'd have, we knew, uh, once we knew the gender of the baby, we knew their, we picked out names for them. And, and so daily until his birth, Simi would rub her stomach and chant over and over, Alex, God loves you. Alex, Mommy loves you. Alex, Daddy loves you. Chanting this over and over, and then we'd pray for him. Fast forward the day of his delivery. After 16 hours of labor, and an angry mother at this father, (laughs) the doctor hands Alex over to Simi to hold. And he's crying. And it's not just a soft sob, he's wailing. It's so loud in the delivery room. Everybody can't but pay attention to this little being who is crying so hard. And I could only imagine the sights and the sounds being overwhelming for him. But then something strange happens. As Simi is handed over, uh, as Alex is handed over to Simi, Simi starts chanting again, Alex, Alex, God loves you. Alex, mommy and daddy love you. And surprising everyone in the delivery room, me including this father, he quiets down. It's almost a pin drop silence. And that's contrasted to the wailing just seconds before, right? And all Alex is doing is staring in the direction of his mother's voice, her voice soothing him. In the collect for today, we pray, grant that we may hear his voice, Jesus' voice that we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. And through the readings from the Acts of the Apostles to that favorite psalm of you and I, it's Psalm 23, we are reminded that God's voice ever calls out to us. 
And for those who listen, those who are aware of the good news, they become aware of the good news that God knows us. Each, and as God calls us, our lives are always oriented to hope. Oriented to hope. I especially love our second reading for today, often read at funerals, this wonderful passage from the book of Revelation. It gives us a powerful image. The book of Revelation, or the Apocalypse of John, is the other title of it. It's a controversial book, at times uplifting and other times downright scary. And the first word of the title, Apocalypse, from the modern perspective, we might imagine that word might mean something terrible. A great disaster or a bad event that might cause great fear. But the original Greek, the ancient Greek, that word apocalypse means something different. It means a revealing, an unveiling, a disclosing. The author John reveals in this final book of the Christian Bible God's plan of salvation that undergirds all of human history. He writes from the island of Patmos, 35 million miles away from southwestern Turkey. And John is exiled there by the Roman Empire because of his belief and witness. And he writes to a beleaguered group of people, the church in that first century, represented in, in seven communities, the church who followed the voice of a crucified Messiah, a man named Jesus, that understood that they understood as the place in which heaven and earth met together. And this crucified Jesus taught and believed that the only way to change the world was to love sacrificially. And on that deserted island, John was filled with anxiety for the future, anxiety for his fellow believers because they faced persecution day in and day out through the Roman Empire. And John gives them this vision of hope. He reminds them that God knows each of them by name. And he knows each of their struggles. He knows their pain and their suffering. He sees it. And then he calls them to be the solution to the challenges of the world. Let me repeat that. He calls them to be the solution to the problems of the world. Not that somehow God would come and rescue them from their challenges, taking away their challenges. No, he calls them to be the solution to the challenges of the world. And in that writing to the church universal, he reminds them and us, us modern-day Christians who struggle day to day, that the choices 
that we make, the choices made in the direction of hope makes all the difference in creating the kingdom of God. Today we read at almost the end of that vision when God's reign is firmly established on earth, a time that we can only imagine when people live in a community where there is love and justice and they are the norm. A time of peace, a time when fear and death will only be a dream and joy is found in adversity. And the people of God, those saints that we see described, they number in the multitudes. It's an interesting thing because in John's vision, you don't see them as a multitude of undistinguished people, do you? No, you could almost imagine seeing each of them, their faces coming from different places, from all tribes, races, nations, and languages. And who are they? They are those who have remained faithful to a calling of God, to the voice of God, passing through the great upheavals of life. But sometimes it can be hard to hear the voice of God, a voice calling us to hope. Among that multitude of the faithful, I, we can imagine that they too lived in a world filled with various voices and noises that pollute our hearing. Noises that compete against the call of God. In their persecution, I could imagine they heard the voice of self-preservation and of fear or a voice of despair that tells you to give up in the face of challenge. Voices that tell us that we're not good enough or unlovable, so why even try to get up and try? The truth is, in our world, we can get lost among those voices, can't we? And this is the human condition, and it is punctuated by our fears and our self-doubts, always. Yet I pray I pray that you will hear the one that calls you each by name, the one that orients your life to faith and hope. The other day I went to do last rites for a 96-year-old mother. You know, it's a privilege and, uh, to be a priest, but I'll tell you, at moments... Uh, at moments, I, it's a bittersweet experience, right? When you're called to do last rites or go all to the hospital and you don't want to go, you really don't want to go because all of a sudden, it's, it's, you're embracing the sadness. This person that you love, that you admire, that, are, that inspired you, somehow you're going to, to go there to tell them goodbye. And yet, as a priest, I'm also privileged because that moment when I get there, I know I'm on sacred ground. Sacred ground. And so that night I went 
to this 96-year-old mother, and her family is gathered around, and we're about to do last rites, and their son, and her sons are there, Chris and Jack, and, and they're big guys. They're really big guys. And, and they look hard and tough. They're weeping. They're weeping. We hold your hands together, we pray, we do last rites, and then I tell them, say goodbye. Say the things that you need to say to your mother. <laughs> I still remember Chris. He says, Mom, it's okay, you can go. Mom, we love you. You've done good. You've done good. <laughs> it's not to be forgotten that this is the mother who brought them into the world. The first voice they heard, that voice of love. And now gathered around her death as she moves into a new life is her family, another voice of love as she vo follows the voice of God into that other place. Today, we baptize three young people into our church community, Annabelle, Patrick, and Jack, if we could get Jack to sit still. <laughs> All three of these wonderful young people have decided to follow the voice of God in this church. It's a voice that will constantly remind them that they are deeply loved for who they are. In this place, they will be guided to know that they are important to the spreading of hope to the world. In this place, they will learn to hear the voice of God. And they will join the multitude of saints who follow that voice that among that multitude is Chris and, and Jack's mom. Voices that follow Jesus' voice to change the world for the better. May God bless them and us in this endeavor. But this morning, I invite you, I challenge you to listen for the voice of God in your heart and in your life. So often, we spend all of our time talking, don't we? Even when we pray, we ask. In fact, sometimes we demand God's attention to our wants and desires. Today, instead, I invite you to listen. For our future lies in the hope of God's mission coming true, in God's voice winning over the tumult of the world. Listen to the voice of Jesus. Let it resonate in your heart and move you into deeper and greater faith. Let us all follow the one who calls us by name, moving us to create a better world from now on.
Amen. Amen.